You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to a natural person based upon the text, it refers first to a person that is unrepentant. A person that has not made the choice to acknowledge their sins, ask Jesus to save them and start living according to his word. A person that is basically a sinner, still in sin. And Romans 6 and 23 is, is clear. The wages of sin is, is death. Spiritual death. Separation from God. And, and, and eventually physical death. And thereafter eternal death. So it's not good to be a natural person in, in the sense of being a sinner or unrepentant when it comes to, to sins. Second, a natural person refers to someone that walks by sight and not faith based upon 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. And you can be a Christian but because of being a free moral agent, you have made the choice to be a natural man or to live by what you see instead of faith. When you walk by faith, you walk according to the written and revealed will of God. Romans 10 and, and 17 tells us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You hear it and you apply it. You think it. You talk it. And you put it into action. But again, if, if you don't choose to do such, though Christian you're still functioning as a natural person. And lastly, a natural person represents someone that is carnal-minded. Carnal-minded. And a carnal-minded person is, is a person, and, and I need to show you this, that, 
that is just not pleasing to God. Consider Romans chapter 8. The person is, is just not pleasing to God. Woo, that's a bad place to be. Romans 8 and 6 is where we'll start. Paul said, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity or an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. It resists or rejects God's word. And notice how the verse Concludes, nor indeed can be. And so the conclusion is in verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If I can't please God, my enemies will not be made my footstool. If I don't please God, I'm I'm not delighting myself in him. And if I don't delight myself in him, I will not receive the desires of my heart. It's a dangerous place to be in when when you're not pleasing. A natural person receives, refuses not to give God the hallelujah, the hand clap, the foot stomp, the victory turns, the, the dances. And when such a person chooses not to praise God, that person is displeasing to God. For the Lord used David to say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Jesus so understood praise to where uh, when, when he was coming forth about to be crucified, people began to magnify him for being Savior. Magnify him for being a man of God, a prophet of God, and, and his, his disciples and, and others wanted them to just hush. And you imagine that even disciples uh, wanted the folk to kind of be quiet. You know how folks used to quiet you down in your old church. Folk get the dancing in church, they were quickly escorted out the church. How many remember them days? Yeah, folk get to dance. Hey, you got to get out of here. This ain't no sanctified church. And they would escort folks out of the church. Found them until they got down, until they calmed. You got to calm down. How you going to calm down the spirit of God? You understand what I'm saying? But if you don't praise him, you're not pleasing him. God expects out of your mouth some hallelujahs. 
He expects out of your mouth when he has moved for you mightily a thank you, Jesus. He expects you to give him glory even before he does what eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. He expects you to show your faith by turning in victory when it looks like defeat. And if you don't do such, you're not pleasing God. If it be true, tell somebody, I, I want to please him. And I'm going to please him. He done done too much for me not to please him. He done helped me more than anybody has helped me. So I'm determined to please him. And it put my hands together in the grocery store pleases him. I'll have praise day at Publix. If pleasing him means shutting the lawnmower off and turning in victory in somebody's yard, I'll shut it off, get the turning around in victory, and I'll also throw in some leaps. Say to your neighbor, it's on my list to please my God. It's on my list, my daily list to please him, to give him the praise. I don't need nobody playing with me. If it's on your list, tell your neighbor, I got to please him every single day. I got to do something that makes him happy every single day. I got to please him every single day because I know he's doing something for me every single day. What did David say? He daily. God don't wait to Sunday to bless you. He don't wait to Sunday to give you a word. He don't wait to Tuesday to heal you. He Daily. Every day. David said he daily blesses us with benefits. And then he identified him something that all of us need to identify him as. Even the God of our salvation. He saved me every day. Protect me every day. Prosper me every day. God will have it set up for you to be prosperous and you won't even know about it until you do like Brother Norris. You're going to pay something and you get there and you find out God already took care of it. (laughs) Tell somebody can't. Nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus, help me one more time. Tell somebody, can't. You got to please him. You got to be determined to please him. Get this, even in your trouble. Count it all. Joy. Is what James said when you fall into various trials. Wow. 
Because God got it fixed for you. If you count it all joy, it's going to work out for you. But what is it when you count it all joy? You're pleasing him. You're letting him know, I'm trusting you, even though everything that can go wrong has taken place. I'm just going to praise you in the midst of this bad medical report. I'm just going to praise you in the midst of this report, saying that I'm getting ready to be evicted. I'm just going to give you the praise any way, any It's amazing because James gave us the revelation that, that if you count it all joy, at the conclusion of your trial, you holding on, you will lack or want nothing. Can you imagine that? You, you going through something horrendous, but you make the choice to do something that please God. You count it all joy. And God. In his omnipotence. Causes. Your situation. Not just to be turned around. But. To be. Completely. Taken care of. And he blesses you in the process. You don't lack nothing. That's the reason I don't understand folk who, who, who know things like this. How they can just come to church. And not allow a thank you Jesus. To come out of their mouth. Thank God for the praise thing. But Gina May ain't got to tell me to give God the glory. Brother Joy and Brother Larry ain't got to tell me to turn. And Vic, I appreciate them telling everybody else that they need to put their hands together. But you ain't got to tell me to praise God. I come to church with a praise. I come to church with a hallelujah. I thought I was going to get some supporters over here. I said, I come to church with a hallelujah. I come to church with a praise. See, some of you, you only put on your praise phase on Sunday. But I need you to follow me through the week. I got a praise phase on all the time. You can ask certain folk that I do stuff for if I would praise God in their yard. You can ask folk who don't even go to church. Will I talk about Jesus in their yard? Will I step in their living room and ask them has God been good to them? I'm going to move on, but let me just work with this for a minute. If you are a natural person, you refuse to be carnal-minded because you want to please God. 
And if being carnal does not please him, you don't want no part of it. I cut folk off that don't like God. That don't want to give God praise. I ain't got time to be hanging with no carnal-minded folk. I tell for yeah, I know we used to be friends, but we ain't no more. Oh, so you going to cut me off like that? Yeah. You serious? Yeah. Why? I ain't going to let nothing, nor nobody separate me from the love of God. Paul was so adamant about it to where he, he asked, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Had a long list. He didn't, have, he didn't just have no two, three things on the list. He had a long list. Say to your neighbor, I ain't going to let you you couldn't, will it? Or you ain't May Francis. Nor my mama. To separate me from Jesus. Contextually. Or in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. Paul. He, he, he was just point blank. The natural person does not receive the things of God. If, if, if you come to church natural instead of spiritual, I can say God is healing, but you won't get your healing. Deacons can get up here and be clear about the blessing of giving, but, but you still a rob God. And miss the windows opening up, pouring you out a blessing that you ain't got room to receive. Figuratively speaking, just a continual blessing. Just God continuing to bless you as long as you are obedient to his, to his will. The wonder never shuts as long as you continue to obey him. I'll open up the wonders. They're closed because you're not doing right. But if you bring them in, I'll open them up. Pour it out, you ain't going to have room to receive a continual blessing that grows. Some folk think that they give one Sunday and then Monday they're supposed to have a pile of money. That's not how it works. That's not what the scripture means. 
but it's a continual blessing that leads to what Jesus revealed in Luke 6 and 38. The good measure, the press down, the shaker together, and the running over. God will start blessing you in stages. And you'll be able to identify the stages. Yeah, especially if you come from where I came from. Where you wasn't broke, you ain't even got a word for how messed up you were financially. A lot of folk, when they talk about they broke, they, they talking about they, they, they didn't have no money. They got to wait to the next payday. But yoke broke was different from that. If you got paid for six or seven years, you would still be in a mess. What do you call that? Messy broke. That's my word. Messy broke. Even if you got a good chunk of money, you still in the hole. But ain't it amazing how God not only got you out the hole. He blessed you to the point to where he used you to start pulling other folk out the hole. Woo, come on, give God the praise. But again, the text says a natural man or woman does not receive the things of God. Just not going to receive it. I know Pastor saying it's better, but man, all this trouble. See, you natural. Your focus is on the wrong thing. You should be living by faith. Not sight. And faith ain't that crazy expectation. Faith is what God promised. His word. Our definition of faith is based upon the scripture. That's what it's based upon. But look at, look at it again. A person that is natural does not receive the things of God. I can lay hands on you, if you, you and you're so natural if I don't shake. I didn't get my healing. If I don't feel a certain way, I didn't get my healing. You have to trust God because of his word. See, your prosperity, when, when, when a prophet prays for you, is not based even upon the prophet. It's based upon the promise of God. God himself said, believe his prophet. What? You'll prosper. See, it's bigger than me. I'm just giving you the word. Now, now, when you believe the word that a prophet gives, you're going to prosper. But if you're natural, you're not going to 
believe or receive. You're not going to accept it. Because biblically, when you receive, it's not just the first stage you, you believe in it. No, when you receive, you start walking therein. And you continue to walk therein, even in trouble. Remember how Jesus explained that, that there, there was a sword that came forth and he sowed seed. And how the seed fell on different types of ground. Stony ground, good ground, and so forth. And he talked about how, how some initially, they received the word with joy. But then trouble comes. They let go of what they accepted. They only went to stage one just receiving what they heard. But when he talked about the good ground, the person not only received the word, but the person just kept thinking, talking, and doing according to the word. And Jesus talked about their progress. Talked about how, how, how they would come, how they would reach 30, 60, even 100 fold. They would be blessed. Why? Because of how they were walking in that good word. What is good? That beneficial word. But when you are a natural person. You will like that word when they get on them thorns. You, you, you will let the devil come and take it out of your heart or your choices. You done chose to believe God for your healing, but then the devil comes and steal out of your heart, your mind, what you once believed. Say to your neighbor, it's not good to be a natural man based upon the text. Let me read it one more time. Y'all stand with me? Back in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are woo, foolishness to him. I got to show you something. Y'all stay with me. Let's go to Proverbs. They are foolishness to him. Let, let's go to Proverbs 9. Lord have mercy. They are foolishness to him. Yeah, Pastor talking that better. It's, it's COVID here. You got to see beyond, Pastor. You got to see God's word. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not the word. Matthew 24 and 35, right? Proverbs 9 and 6. And consider again the natural, the things of the spirit of God are the things of God of foolishness to the natural man. 
if that's you, consider Proverbs 9 and 6. Forsake foolishness and what? And go in the way of what? Forsake what? And what? When you are operating in foolishness, you're existing, but you're not living. You go to work every day, but you're not, you're not living your existence. In your mind, you're, you're doing it only because I got to pay these bills. I got to do what I got to do. So you're, you're existing. Not living. See, see, when you understand the difference between just existing and, and living, especially based upon scripture, you look at everything you do as a purpose. You ain't just going to your job to, to, to get money to pay your bills. No. Everything is about purpose. And you understand that true purpose is tied to God. Psalm is so understood to where he said, the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord. Everybody else just going to work just to do it because they feel that's what they got to do. Don't enjoy it. Are not thankful for it. Only look to one day, the payday. I'm just here to get a check. But when you understand purpose, this job is going, is in one sense, is going to help me to be able to give to God. I know God said, if I don't work, I don't eat. I know he said give and it shall be. Lord, if I can just get my foot set in your word and just come here every day and keep my vision, my focus. I know this is just step number one. You have to go through step one in order to get to step ten. You don't want to be a devil and try to go from one to ten. Oh, you don't want no quick fix. That's, that's not how God operates. The steps of a righteous man. You got to have steps. You don't leave no job until God tells you to leave it.
You stay in the will of God. Your purpose. Your purpose. I used to get so mad. I, I, I was getting that 25 and alls from the church, and, and, and I was doing this rope, and I would drop the rope sometime and have to go a mile or two just to pick the rope up, and I'm walking back just looking, and I'd be just complaining the whole time. Lord, how come I just can't have this, that, and the other? Why you got me out here doing this? And then one day God said, what you're doing right now is part of your purpose. How can you talk to folk that are suffering going through trials and you had not been through the ones I desire you to go through? How can you tell somebody how to come from the bottom to the top if you haven't experienced the bottom? Get this, in the manner that I want you to experience it. See, it, it, it's a difference in going through tough times for about a month and a half versus years of going through it. And in the midst of going through it, you're yet keeping the word. You understand what I'm saying? You have to understand that you don't want to just be existing. You want to be living. Even when you go through a trial, you don't want to just, oh man, I just wish it would have just hurt me. No, live in that trial. Live in it. Show that trial that is not bigger than you. Show that trial that you're going to stay in God's will. Despite how hard the hits are. Despite the pain that wakes you up at 12.02. Every night. You got to stay in the will of God. The best place to be and the safest place to be. Oh, God is in your will. Doing slay me, Job said. Yet will I trust him. Why? The safest place and the best place is in his Wheel. You can't get foolish just because you're going through something. Man, I've been praying. God ain't did nothing yet. I don't guess he's going to help me. You're acting foolish. For the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And then the fool get to looking at everybody else and get to point fingers. Look at them. They all messed up. Believe in that Bible stuff. That's Psalm 14 and 1. The fool go from talking about God to talking about everybody else. Calling everybody corrupt. You don't have heard folk like, ain't none of us perfect. Yeah, but you straight sinner. 
I may not be flawless, but I'm trying. But you straight sinner. You want everybody to be in that same can you in. But I'm not in that can with you. Say to your neighbor, I'm not perfect. But I know I ain't in that can I used to be in. I said, I know I ain't in that can I used to be. Listen up. You can't be foolish. Lord have mercy. Let me close it. Look at, look at this again. Proverbs 9 and 6. Forsake foolishness and what? How should we live, Lord? Go in the way of understanding. What is one reason God gave you a pastor? According to Jeremiah 3 and 15. Understand. I'll give you shepherds. According to my choices. My heart. That will feed you. Knowledge. With knowledge. And understand. Forsake foolishness. And what? Live. Go in the way of. Pastor saying if I pray. I'll be strong. Man I used to pray. But I didn't. But then. He's saying the way I used to pray. Wasn't really prayer. But mama taught me to say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, Lord, my soul, if I should die before I wake, mama taught me. Mama taught you to say something, not pray. Boy, for you going, when you go to bed, get in there and say your prayer. You know, I, repeat after me. I pray the Lord, <clears throat> and that's how you learned. But it wasn't prayer. You was just repeating what she. You have to be taught how to pray, and then when you understand Scripture, you have to pray according to. The scripture. If you ask anything according to my word, number one, I'll hear you. And then you have to you have to understand because God done told you He hears you. That hey, He heard me. And if you know He hears you, you have the petitions. The request that you have asked of him. God pray according to that. And it works. 
It works. Three, the enemy fights you when it comes to praying. Try to, it, it don't even take long to pray. But fight you about three minutes and some of us give in. Three to five minutes is the most most folk pray. And that's enough. If you pray three to five minutes and you serious. You can get some stuff out of it. Y'all still all right? But you can't be foolish. A natural man will not receive the things of God because they are foolishness to him. If that's you, consider again Proverbs. Forsake foolishness and Say to your neighbor, I don't care how old you are. You have to know. Have to know. Good, days Good days are ahead of you. Well, that ain't what they telling me. They don't make the day. This is the day. That the hash ah ah well you know they told me not to be getting all excited ah they told me not to do ah can't nobody live for you. Unless you give them the right. You got to live for yourself. But you have to live for yourself based upon the word. Forsake foolishness. And what? Live. Live how? God's way. I have come. That they may have life. And that more abundantly. There are degrees to life. And it happens to saints, whether young or old. Quit taking in all that foolishness that because you're getting old, your, your life ain't going to be happy. That ain't Bible. David said, I've been young, now I'm old. He didn't have no problem with being old. Some folk got a problem with being, you wish you were 23 again. I don't. If I was 2-2 again, I'd have it made. I was young. Now I'm old. But David said, I done seen some things. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seen 
begging bread. Man, what you, you never talk foolish. You always talk Bible. If you're going to base what's happening to you on something, base it on Scripture. Base it on something that will never fail. It's sad because you have people that think they have to be like this, that, or the other in order to enjoy life. No, all you got to be is what God told you to be to enjoy life. Why? Because that's why he came. I have. I didn't say it, but I'm going to say it again. That you may have. And that. Who are you? I'm the good shepherd. I love how Paul put it. Paul said he became poor. Why? So we could be rich. What does that mean? Prosperous in every aspect of life. Boy, I got to close it. Some of y'all looking at me now. I don't know if you're looking at me because you don't agree or you looking at me saying, Pastor, it's chicken time. I don't know. <laughs> but let me close this. Dealing with 2 Corinthians 2 and 15. Paul said, but he who is spiritual judges, get this, or discerns how many things? Man, what I'm going through right now in my body, God going to get the glory out of this. Oh, good. God, he going to get the glory out of this. I'm weak, but he going to get the glory. And for here you say stuff like that and see you in a weak state. They look at you if they're natural and think you crazy. But see, you, you got to understand when you're spiritual, you can judge or discern. How many things? Man, I'm going through this financially, even though I'm giving God his tithes and his offerings. Good God, he going to have a giant miracle for me at the end. Because I remember how David went through this. Paul went through this. And good God, Peter, oh, Jesus, he going to have a big blessing for me at the end. Man, I'm constantly going through something. But I remember that woman that had that constant flow of blood, how she came out. God, God, I'm going to have a miracle just like her. How can you base scripture on your situation and, and determine your outcome? Two reasons, biblically speaking, I'm going to give you. I could give you a hundred, but two, biblically speaking. Malachi 3 and 6, God changes not. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today, and for, but you got to judge your situation. Don't let nobody determine your outcome. Nobody. 
Folk think when they do bad to you, that's how your life going to turn out. God has a way of making your bad turn into blessings. I don't know about that, Reverend. You never read Daniel? Three. When little boys, uh, when, when men, I should say, got thrown into a fiery furnace, a bad situation, but God turned it around for good. Never read Daniel 6, where Daniel himself got cast into a lion's den. But God turned it around for good. Never read Acts 4 where, where Peter and the, the disciples and the apostles were beaten. But then God turned around and worked it out for their, for their good. And it's hundreds of stories just like that in the scripture. When you discern a judge, you do so based upon the word. Discerning in one sense is when you have a clear understanding about something that may not be clear to everybody. You try to convince your doctor that despite the medicine not working is still going to work out for you. All he can see is the medicine is not working for you. But, but, but see, you just earn something at work that's more powerful than any medicine. What is that? His stripes. With the stripes of Jesus, according to Isaiah 53, came healing with his stripes we are healed is what Isaiah said Peter looked back at the cross and said with his stripes we were healed but you have to discern this because if not you will find yourself thinking like a natural person I mean, I still understand. He who is spiritual judges what? Let me close. One definition of spiritual is being God conscious. And people that are God conscious are God conscious in the sense of Number one, you listen to what God has to say the way he said he would say it. Can I break it down, biblically speaking? Surely, the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets. Something that everybody else does not know until Unto his servants, the prophets. Amos 3 and 7. Your God 
conscious. And when you're God conscious, it, it says about you that you also understand that if you are going to walk or live, it should be based upon Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of people that are mature in God. What is it to be mature? It's when you make up in your mind, you're just going to do what God said. Paul said, when I became a man, I'm mature. I just put away childish. I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. I know what's happening with my body, but I'm just going to do what God telling me to do. I know what they're saying, but I, I'm, I'm just going to do what God is telling me to do. You judge all things because you're spiritual. How can you have such discernment? Simple. Because your judgment is based upon the wisdom of God. And God is omniscient. He knows everything. Who, who would you rather get information from about yourself? And I'm not belittling nobody's doctor, but your doctor or God. But let me ask you a question. Who are you going to trust more if, you're if you look at things naturally? Yeah. Because a natural person will not what? The things of God. Because they are what? Foolishness. Even though you tell folk you believe God know what? Everything. What human do you know that knows everything? Let, let me ask you something else. What human do you know, including your pastor, that knows everything about his field? I know that Bible right there, but I don't know everything about that Bible. I could quote, I believe, two or 3,000 scriptures without stopping. I just believe that. But that'll take a long time and y'all start getting up walking out on it. <laughs> but I quote enough week in and week out for you to know that I, that I can. But there are certain scriptures in there. You ask me what does such and such mean, I wouldn't have a clue. But guess who would? God. Your doctor does not know everything in his field. He does not know everything about you that you think he knows. And something he knows about you, he knows them because of a machine. He's trusting a machine to tell you about. He'll ask you about your medical history because he trusts what your daddy did, who was a drunk, and you saved, you new creature. 
He trusts that what happened to him is going to happen to you. Even though you're born again. This is not putting anybody down. This is real. Because it's natural. That's the reason a natural man will not receive the things of If 2 Corinthians 2 and 15 is right, nobody should know you better than you but God. You shouldn't have to wait for somebody to tell you what's going on with you. I better close this. I'm, I'm, I'm heading in another way. Look at the last of 2 Corinthians 2 and 15 as we close it. Certain things we just ain't ready for. I'm just being honest. 2 Corinthians 2 and 15. But he who is spiritual judge judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by what? If you tell people what I say or give them one of my CDs, everybody ain't going to be happy about it. Because they're going to hear me telling you to trust God more than you trust yourself, your mama, your doctor, your cousin Rennie. Because, man, your, your preacher, he just believed God can do anything. Don't yeah, because that's what the Bible says. God himself asked, is there anything? Too hard for me? Who else putting that on the table? It ain't your doctor that gets you to sign waivers. So if anything happened, it ain't his fault. And then, it, and then it's your service. You giving him the credit and he ain't even there. You have to be spiritual. You have to be spiritual when it comes to things. I'm going to stop. Let's get a Lord of hand of praise. Lord have mercy.